is episode number 159 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stanett. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. This week is part two of a two-part series on how to use speaking as a way to find new clients or find new customers. Last week, I talked about how to build up your internet authority, or what I call your internet authority anyway, so that when people Google you and they do a search for you, that they they the results that they find kind of show that you're an expert in your industry. This week, I'm going to show you five really simple ways that you can use speaking to find new customers and find new clients. And by the way, the podcast is brought to you by the two-day Fearless Presentations public speaking class. And for those of you who haven't heard yet, the governor of Texas opened up the state 100%. So we are having our very first in-person public speaking class here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if you're traveling in, we made this class or we've scheduled this class at a different location than our than our normal office. It's going to be at the Hilton, which is at DFW Airport, just north of DFW. Um, and uh, it's on April 22nd and 23rd. Airline tickets are still really cheap at the moment, especially if you book them a couple of weeks in advance. Hotels are, are practically giving away rooms at the moment. So this could be the, the perfect time to hop on a plane, enjoy the freedom of Texas, and conquer the fear of public speaking once and for all. You can find details at fearlesspresentations.com. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. Um, we're putting out new episodes every single week. And um, and if you like the content that we're putting out, make sure and give us a five-star rating on your, your podcast platform, especially Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know that you, that you like the content because that helps out an awful lot. All right. So let's get on with today's topic. So just as a review, if you were listening last week, you probably got toward the end of that episode going, God, he said he was going to talk about, you know, all kinds of cool speaking opportunities, but he didn't speak a lot on that because I spent last week really talking about how to build your authority so that when you do speak, then um, it's it's you're going to have um, a, a much easier time of it. It's going to be easier for you to find places to speak and people that will allow you to speak to them. And when you do, the stuff that you're saying is going to allow you to generate more followers. So all of those things are really, really important in the process. Um, so this week, though, we're going to focus on just the speaking part. So once you have your content and your authority is, is really well established, you know, what are some, where are some places that I can go and speak that will help me generate new customers and, and clients? One of the, one of the, and by the way, I'm going to list these in kind of the order that you probably want to start. So if you are just starting out as a speaker, start with what I'd say first right, and work your way down. Don't start with the last one and work your way up because that's harder. The first one is the easiest and kind of work your way down as you start to gain skill, as you start to get to be a better and better and better speaker, then the ones that are further down are going to be a whole lot easier. 
So the first one is that you want to reach out to social organizations and then offer to be a guest speaker. And by the way, just from my perspective, this is one of the absolute best ways to practice your speech and refine your presentation it is by delivering it to, to um, social groups, things like Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis Clubs, Lions Club, the, the JCs, Junior Chamber of Commerce, the Junior League, all of those those are all really good places to start because most of those organizations have weekly meetings. If not weekly, they're probably monthly. And most often they, the, when they have these meetings, they are, they ask to have a guest speaker at each meeting. So if you think about it, if you're a, if a rotary club, group is going to have a program chair. And that program chair is to get 52 guest speakers, one every week in a year, right? At 52. And so it's a really tough job. And uh, and so as a result, when you make yourself available to them, not only will you get that one, but if you do a good job, a lot of times they'll they'll recommend you to other groups as well. Now, when you speak to one of these groups, by the way, you can't sell to them. You have to teach them. You have to inform them. So you, you can't promote yourself. You can't promote your, your, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're selling. However, you'll be amazed at how often sometimes something that you say will spark an idea with, within the group or within a few people in the group. Uh, I'll give you a great example of this. This is totally unexpected, but my wife is a Rotarian. She's a member of the Rotary Club here in our our local city on the, on, uh, on the outskirts of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. And she was elected to office last year. And and when Texas began to loosen up the COVID restrictions, the group decided that they wanted to start meeting in person again. They meet at a barbecue place and and it's every Thursday. And uh, since they wanted to go back and meet in person, they were tired of the the virtual Zoom meetings. Um, They they needed speakers now. They needed folks to kind of come and, and be a speaker at each one of these meetings. And they had a really, really difficult time getting speakers to attend, especially early on. So in a pinch, my wife asked me to, to speak to the group, and and um, at the time I had it was it was um, I had just created a workshop called Tipping Point, which by the I'll link to that on the on the show notes so you can you can take a look at that if you want um, the the video that I did on on YouTube, but it was about how to reduce stress. In the midst of a pandemic, there were a lot. There were things that were going on that were creating a tremendous amount of stress for people, and it was really fun. By the way, we had a blast putting this workshop together, and it since it was something that was a pretty new topic for me. I mean, I've done stress um, seminars and things like that in the past, but it's not one of those things that I do all the time. So I was like, oh, we just finished this this new topic. You need a speaker. I need a place to, to practice this. So uh, then I, I chose that as my topic to to kind of speak to the Rotary Club about. So it was, and it was a great place to really get to the point where I could really master that content. By the way, the group just absolutely loved the topic. In fact, they they spent about twenty minutes asking me questions after I'd finished speaking. You know, typically it's like you know two or three questions and and kind of go. Um, I, I was there for like twenty minutes. They kept asking me question after question after question because they were really getting into it because they had the stuff that I was talking about in the workshop or in the in the, the speech anyway were things that they had seen in their own businesses. That they'd see that it was the it was the the way that people were reacting to things like mask mandates and lockdowns and stuff like that. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was really cool about it. 
Um, but anyway, so I had, I had a, a blast. It was great for me as a speaker, gave me a chance to practice and, and the, the club really liked it as well. Well, a week or so later, I get a call from the president of the group. And um, she in, in my presentation, I had quickly mentioned just as an example that during COVID, one that my team had repurposed a few of our team building activities that we were using when folks had had in-person meetings and we had repurposed those into virtual applications and had had a pretty good success with it. And I was using that as an example because the um, in the in the, the stress session there when when stress really gets put on there are a couple of different reactions that people have they either they either shut down and they try to stick with what was occurring before and they try to they try to um they 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 try to keep doing what they were doing even more or they adapt and as a as a result of that as a result of that adaptation they have a, a better result so we were showing how hey in that situation we adapted we had a better result so but anyway, but she heard, hey, I had this virtual thing, right? So at the time, she um, they, she as the president of the association had just had to cancel their main fundraiser for the year because of COVID. It was like a chili cook-off or something like that that they that they did every year with a with a um, a, um, uh, a silent auction. And since people couldn't meet anymore. She had to. She had to cancel it. So she needed a replacement, and she needed something that was virtual as a replacement. And she thought of me. So it was weird because I mean that was not something I set out to do. I mean I was just kind of going there to speak as a, as a help. But it ended up being a nice big piece of business because once we did that once for their chapter, all of a sudden we had rotary clubs from all over the state that were calling us to do fundraisers for them and that kind of thing. So it was kind of fun. So. Um, that's a, a really good way to get practice. It's um, it's a the neat thing about the the social organizations is that most of the time there are no recordings anywhere. You know, nobody's recording this. I mean, nowadays they might be doing it virtually, and so there might be a Zoom recording or something like that. But for the most part, there it's a place where you can kind of go and practice. And if things don't go as well as what you wanted them to. It's not that big of a deal because only a handful of people that were in that club actually know who you were are, and they may never see you again, right? So, so they um, it's a it's a low risk way to get practice speaking in front of a group, and um, and get some really good feedback on how well that you're doing. Second thing, this is a little bit higher level, but also has um, a limited amount of risk involved is you want to volunteer to be a guest on podcasts where your potential clients are listeners. And and by the way, if you haven't noticed yet, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I I, I have these organized, the speaking opportunities organized in a specific order. The, the social clubs, they are a great starting point because the, your pressure to perform is pretty low. You know, it's not like fan, you know phenomenal speakers are coming there day in and day out. You know, so so the the risk is pretty. So if you're just a little bit better than what they're used to, they're going to love you, and um, it's it, and it's a great place to practice. And if you just absolutely totally screw up the speech, only a few people. <laughs> will you know we'll ever see it so it's it's not it's not really that big of a deal um step two though is to make yourself available to be a guest on podcast because podcasts they're great for a couple of reasons first of all they reach a much larger audience than the social groups because if even the really 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 big social groups they're going to have a couple hundred people max in in a room but um a podcast is most likely going to reach 
you know, a few thousand people, depending on the popularity of it. It could be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. So, so um, you can, you can, you can um, reach a much bigger audience by, by doing a podcast, a guest on a podcast episode. Um, and although there is a permanent recording of the podcast episode, the popularity of that specific episode is pretty short, short lived, you know, short lived. Um, and, and by the way, this is a fantastic balance for you if you're trying to practice, because if you do a phenomenal job on that podcast interview, you can publicize the heck out of that episode on your social media. Um, but if you're not if it wasn't your best moment, if you try, if you, if was, you know, if this is still early on, you haven't didn't do very well. Weeks from now, nobody's ever going to be able to find that episode if you aren't if they aren't looking for it. Now, there are I mean, like the the Fearless Presentations podcast that I've done. I mean, I'm up to like 100 and almost 160 episodes. Even if people really, really, really like the podcast, chances are they're probably not going to go through and listen to all 160 of them. You could, and you'd be an awesome speaker, by the way, if you did that. But most often, they're going to scroll through and look for the titles that are that are most critical, and, and kind of look at those if they're if they're picking up um, if they're in midstream, right? If if they're if they're just joining as a, a at this point. That they may go back two or three podcasts, but they're not going to go back 20, right? So, so that is fantastic for you as a speaker, because even though you, you it has the permanency of a recording, it's, it's not like it, um, that, that it, it's going to be popular past the, the first couple of weeks. So it takes a lot of the pressure off from you. Um, by the way, there are a couple of fantastic ways to get clients by being a, a podcast guest. Obviously, the most obvious is that the podcast will have hundreds or thousands of people listening, and they are potential clients for you. But however, the that, that benefit is just a small part of the overall power of a, of a podcast interview. You know, one, one of the things that I suggest people do is you want to string together a, a series of maybe three, four, five really stellar interviews. So go out and become a guest on 10 of these things. And then out of the 10, pick the top three, the top four, the top five, the ones where you sound awesome. You did a fantastic job. And then you can send links to those recordings to other potential clients, other potential customers. So basically you're, you're now like, for instance, I often include a line like this in emails that I send out to people, especially people that are looking to do business with, with my company. I might send a, a line. In fact, some of you are probably listening. Like, oh man, he sent that to me like last week. Right. Um, I might say something like, hey, by the way, I recently did a podcast on this topic. You can find it at, and then I put a link in there and, and I'll put that in my email to a, a potential customer client. If they click that link and listen to it, they they now hear me being interviewed by another expert that is saying that Doug Standard is the expert on this topic. So it builds up my credibility and makes it a little bit easier for, for the trust level to be, be higher with that person because it's not just me saying that I'm great. Now, there are other people that agree with me that I am great, right? So th those are those are some, some uh, really important things to kind of keep in mind about, about being guest on podcasts. Now, just as, a, as an FYI, um, the, it, the, this works a little bit easier if you have your own podcast, by the way. So that phrase, oh, by the way, I just did a podcast about this. If you have your own podcast, 
Now, all of a sudden, it's it can be a whole lot easier. So, I, and by the way, for those of you that have been listening for a while, I, you'll you'll know that I didn't really set out to be a professional speaker. This is not something that I have a natural talent at. I've trained myself, or I've been trained anyway, to be a professional speaker. In fact, I was terrified to speak in front of other groups. And uh, along the way, a coach helped me overcome that nervousness. And and this training opened up a bunch of doors for me. So when I got that training, all of a sudden, my income level increased, my opportunities increased. And, and since it worked so well for me, I went back to the woman who, who taught me how to do it. And I asked if she would teach me how to help other people. I wanted to give back, right? And after spending just a few, actually, I was just with her about a year or so, um, my confidence was so high because at that point, I thought I knew everything about public speaking. I now had this professional coach, this person that spoke for a living. She was telling me everything she knew about public speaking. And the, and after spending a year with her and, and, and her coaching me, I just knew that, man, I knew everything in the world that there was to know about public speaking, right? Then I transferred to a bigger office for the same company in Dallas. So I was working in West Texas, much smaller organization, much smaller part it was just the two of us out there. Went to Dallas and, and the off that Dallas office had over a dozen instructors and each one of those instructors had 20 plus years of experience on me. And so when I, I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, I, I was learning everything. I, could. I was a sponge. These experts, they were, they taught me so much more than what I learned that first year with, with my single coach, right? And, and, and in fact, in my last year at that company, I received two awards from the company for superior instruction. And so I, by the time that I went out on my own to create my own company, I, I knew for a fact that I knew everything there was to know about public speaking at that time. And my confidence was even higher than what it was when I went to Dallas, right? And then the next year, I started the Leaders Institute. And then those first couple of years working on my own, because I was the only instructor, I taught more classes myself those first couple of years than most of the instructors at the previous company that I worked for did in an entire lifetime. I mean, I was sometimes teaching two or three, four classes a week. And, and they might, uh, an instructor at the other company I was working for might do that in a year max. You know, they weren't, they certainly weren't teaching two or three classes a week. Right. And so, um, about, so when that happened to me, I couldn't believe how naive <laughs> that, I, that I was thinking that I knew everything about public speaking prior to that experience. However, now I was absolutely positive after doing that for a couple of years of my own that I knew everything there was to know about public speaking. And then I brought on other instructors and began to train them on how to teach. And the same thing happened again. I realized that I didn't know anything and I was learning it as I was going. Um, and and the, the reason I kind of tell you that whole background story there is because I have been in the speaking industry for 20 plus years. Um, it, th that was before th that I had been in the speaking industry for 20 years before I started doing the Fearless Presentations podcast. Been doing that for now three, three years or so. And I would guess that I have learned more about the industry in that two and a half, three years or so than what I did in the entire 20 previous years. That is how cool podcasts are. You learn so much more about your industry. I, I, it was funny because at each one of those stages in my career, I was thinking, oh, I know it all now. This is one of the first times in my life that um, I, I've kind of go, I've, I've kind of 
thought about the industry a little differently where I'm going, God, I don't know anything yet. And man, I gotta, well, I gotta keep learning. I gotta keep learning because I'm fi- every time I find out something new, I see I, I'm doing new research. I'm studying something new. I'm going, man, I didn't, I never even thought about doing things this way. So um, it's funny because um, a lot of times, folks that have been in in this industry for a while, I've, I, I used to hear the old timers that would say, "Man, I've forgotten more about public speaking than you'll ever know, son." <laughs> right? And I, I'm probably to that point right now. But that's one of the things that podcasts help you do. If you start your own podcast, it helps you keep sharp. It helps you keep learning. It helps you keep fresh and new ideas coming in. And it can really it can really help you. So I would encourage you, even if it's just for a short period of time. That you um, that you start your own podcast because you're gonna you you'll become the expert that you want to be in a very 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 short period of time. Um, the next one that this is a, another really good way that you can speak and um, generate new customers and clients is that you want to become a specialist at what most people call lunch and learns. Um, and way back in 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 the day, right? This is where I start sound like a really old guy, right? I used to volunteer to do lunch and learns for potential customers or potential clients, and I remember going to a business park and and going from one business to another and talking to the managers, the owners of these of these organizations, and offering to come in. Hey, I'll come in and do a lunch workshop for you. I'll do it for free. I just want you to see how good I am, and um, and as a as a way to try to get new business and. By the way, that's a really tough way to find new clients, by the way, but it worked. It worked. I mean, uh, I, I went into one of these office parks. One of the managers took me, I think it was like the 40th or 50th person that I offered it to, but he took me up on it and he let me come in and 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 uh, he invited me to their, his staff's weekly lunch meeting. They would they, they had it at, at lunch every week. And, um, and I ended up buying a it's one of those six foot subway sandwiches and I brought it in with me and the group liked me so much that they ended up hiring me to do a leadership series for them. Um, and by the way, I did sessions like this for like the Chamber of Commerce here in Fort Worth when I first started out, um, when, when I got started. And of course, I mean, as I got busier, as, as, the com- as my company grew, I stopped really doing these lunch and learns. And the reason why was because I spent a tremendous amount of time finding groups to speak to. And my return on investment was really, really low. I mean, I I had to go through 50 people. I had to go through 50 potential customers before one of them took me up on it. And I just got lucky because that one actually hired me later on, right? So I could have done that all for free and, you know, got nothing from it. So there's a, it's a low return on investment. And so we kind of stopped doing that. That is until social media and virtual meetings came on the scene and my whole attitude on this has has really changed, especially in the last twelve months or so. Now we we get new customers using this technique every single week. We get new customers at my company using this technique every week, and it's very low cost, very low time. And uh, for for instance, um, you can send out an entire an invitation to your entire email list. Um, uh, promoting one of these lunch and learns. And then 24 hours later, you can actually hold a Facebook live or a YouTube live or a LinkedIn live session, or just a, a zoom meeting and give us an invitation out. Um, and, and if your topic is popular and if it solves problems for your, your list, the people that are on your newsletter list, 
then people are going to tune in. And by the way, if you've got a podcast, you can spend a couple of weeks promoting the session to your listeners as well, which is why you know having that podcast up front can can really do can can help you out. Um, by the way, we do something really similar this to this now by offering what we call live demos on our website to our website visitors. So if you go on to fearlesspresentations.com or if you go on to leadersinstitute.com, um, it, it's going to like on Fearless Presentations, we offer a, a 30 minute coaching session for free. All you have to do is go on to Fearless Presentations coach, and it's a demo. Basically, it's 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 um, it's a coaching session where our a real instructor can help somebody uh, reduce public speaking fear in that in that 30 minute session. And what we're hoping is that it works so well that they end up buying more sessions from us. But it's that's not always the case, but it uh, does happen more often than not. Um, for the the Leaders Institute website, we do a lot of virtual team building activities, and so we say, "Hey, get, we'll, we'll do a demo for you. Just come set up a, a meeting, put two or three people. We'll we'll do a demo. We'll do a fifteen minute demo and let you kind of see what it's like. We'll let you experience it, and it'll make it a whole lot easier." Before virtual meetings occurred, we couldn't really do that as much, and so it would it, it was it was more costly to do something like that. But now. It works. It works really well, and we get tons of business as a result of it. So um, we offer the the fifteen minute or thirty minute sample session for for folks that are just coming onto our website. Um, uh, we started out just so you know. We started out. We've kind of grown in this over the last six months or so. We started out by scheduling these sessions at noon on Friday. You know, that's it was a lunch and learn. So you know, you bring your own lunch, and we'll teach you how to do it. Um, however, we found it just as easy to allow the potential clients or customers to schedule sessions based on our calendar. So we use Calendly and folks can kind of come on and schedule a session for themselves. And a lot of times it's one-on-one for, for the um, instructor and a potential customer at that time. Works really, really well. We get a ton of business as a result of it. And even if we don't get business, we're providing that service and we're getting we're creating goodwill in the marketplace because people are getting that 30 minutes or 15 minutes of 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 quality instruction or quality time with a with a certified instructor and and it builds up goodwill with the with the organization. Okay, the last one that we're going to cover is how to use seminars, webinars, or, or even long videos to build a following. Um, my company is in the seminar business, so this final technique is it, it's pretty easy for us because it's what we do. I mean, it's easy if we want to we can hold seminars because we're in the seminar business. However, you can use the same technique in just about any industry. You know, for instance, let's say you're a realtor, uh, you could sponsor a seminar about how um, upgrades to a, ho- a home can increase the value or the resale value of that house. Or let's say maybe you're a dentist, you you might do a seminar on how to whiten teeth. Um, Now, either of these professions can charge a fee for the seminar, $15, $20, something to help you kind of cover your cost. But you can also use it as a promotional tool because you can tell them, Hey, if, let's say you're you're talking to your you're promoting this to your own patients. You're a dentist and you're promoting to your own patients. You can say, hey, by the way, if you want to come to the white the teeth whitening seminar, it's going to be 30 bucks. But if you bring somebody with you, both of you can come for free. <laughs> because if they bring somebody with them, that's a new potential patient for the for the dentist, right? So you can kind of do stuff like that if you um, as a way to to promote it more and make sure you get more people. Uh, by the way, um, I put this one last in the list for a specific reason. It's a fantastic way to get new clients. However, this technique is also fraught with danger and costly mistakes. So you want to be very careful. Less likely in today's world than when I started, but but um, still, you can you can spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and not get a whole lot of return if you're if you 
if you do this too early in your speaking career, um, you know, for instance, in the first year that I started the Leaders Institute, I mean, that was a, it was I was brand new. Um, I up until this point, you know, I, I was working with a team of people, and that was just me. And at the time, I was offering a six session leadership class, which was awesome, by the way. I mean, people loved it, uh, but it was just really tough for me to find people that um, that were good potential customers, you know, people, a lot of times, if somebody doesn't think of themselves as being a great leader, it's not like they're going to go to Google and type in, oh, maybe I should take a leadership class, right? Um, So, so I had to go out and do a lot of marketing and a lot of promotion. And one of the things that I, that I, that I knew was that if potential customers could experience at least part of a session or experience one of my sessions, that they would love it. I mean, one of it's one of those things that once people attend, they go, holy cow, that was awesome, man. I can't wait to get more of this. And and and, and that worked really well. I, giving a, a free kind of demo session, which again is a lot easier to do now, which is why we do those demo sessions now. But back then, um, I, I also knew that, that um, a lot of times folks who were coming to my leadership seminar were actually coming because I helped people reduce public speaking fear. That's how the fearless presentation class got started, because it was an offshoot of the original leadership training that I was doing. And so since I knew those two things, I knew that if people came to a, to a session, they would like it. And that most of the time people were coming for public speaking uh, to reduce public speaking nervousness, um, I figured, oh, you know what I'll do is I'm gonna I'm gonna do a free session on how to reduce public speaking fear, and I rented out a hundred person banquet hall at a local hotel, and and then I, and and I went out for like the next three months, and I spoke to every social organization, every business group. I mean, I was in front of dozens and dozens of I was speaking to at least three to four, sometimes as many as six different groups every single week. And um, when I would when I would go in and speak to these these groups, I, I didn't promote my company, I didn't promote the class, I didn't promote myself. I just promoted this free public speaking session that I was going to be doing on this specific date at this specific time, and I handed out brochures and all kinds of stuff like that. So I had, I mean, I, I think I, I printed out maybe thirty thousand of these things. So and I gave them all away. So I I gave thirty thousand of these brochures away to thirty thousand people. And so the big night came. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to see the roaring crowd. You know, and at the appointed time, I think it was like six fifteen or six thirty, something like that. Um, I at the appointed start time, I, I I looked at the audience, and there was only one person there. One person. Oh my god! I handed out thirty thousand of these things, and only one person showed up. And then, so I waited, you know, because I knew more people would would come. And fifteen minutes later, it was just still just the two of us, me and then the nice woman that that kind of stuck around, even though it was really embarrassing. The whole idea was really embarrassing. It was really expensive for me as well as I lost a ton of money doing that. Interestingly, though, five years later, I delivered over 300 public speaking classes in a single year. So even though that was a really tough lesson to learn, it wasn't all bad because I learned I learned from that process and I improved the idea over time. And so, so the reason why I'm kind of telling you guys this is that the, the seminars are they're, they're um, a, a great way to 
generate income and they're a great way to promote yourself and promote your organization. But um, there are some easier things to try first before you cut your teeth on, on that one, right? Try that one later. Um, by the way, if you need help implementing any of these ideas, if you're like, man, I want to try to do that seminar there. I want to try to, to create a podcast or anything like that. Then our instruction team is here to help. Just reach out to us. Um, like for instance, when I, when I tried, I tried each one of these things, these ideas myself. And when I did, I was learning through trial and error. So as a result, I made a lot of costly mistakes and and you have the luxury of not having to blaze the trail from the start. You can learn from my mistakes. You can save yourself a bundle of capital and a bundle of time. So if you want uh, any help implementing any of these ideas, just kind of reach out to me. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or go to fearlesspresentations.com, fill out a web form and we'll be happy to help. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.